This, 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 this is mythical. Ear Biscuits is supported by the farmer's dog. Dogs will eat basically anything you put in front of them. And if you're Barbara, you will like <laughs> seek it out off of tables, counters. That, that woman is crazy, <laughs> uh, that woman being my dog. Uh, so it's important to be putting the right kind of food in their bowls. Right, and when you care about your dogs as much as we care about ours, you know, a thoughtful approach to what goes in those bowls makes sense. Yes, the farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. Just tell them about your dog and they'll deliver personalized, vet-developed recipes for as little as $2 a day. The meals arrive pre-portioned and in ready-to-serve packs delivered on your schedule. Millions of meals have been ordered across the country. We've been partnering with the Farmer's Dog for a few years now and they really are as good as they say. It really has never been easier to invest in your dog's health with fresh food. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com ear. Welcome to Ear Biscuits, the podcast where two lifelong friends talk about life for a long time. I'm Link. And I'm Red. This week at the Round Table of Dim Lighting, we are talking about our recent trips to North Kakalaki. North Carolina. Unexpected trip for you, uh, yeah. planned trip for me. Mm -hmm. um, basically how this ended up working is you originally made plans to go to uh, Mexico. Cabo San Lucas. And uh, this was an exciting thing for you. Uh, me you, and Chris. You decided to go have... with another couple other yep. than me and my wife, That's which right. uh, we did not, you didn't consult with me. Uh, That's but right. We've Keep worked, you on your toes. We've worked through it. And when you made that decision to be gone over a long weekend, uh, Jesse was like, hey, the weekend that Lincoln Christie are gone, we should go back to North Carolina because she's got cabin business is what we call it. Mm -hmm. And that's not a euphemism for anything. That's just we, you know, we have a place that we are fixing up in North Carolina and we needed to meet the contractor, et cetera. Yeah. So we planned a trip that would coincide with the, with the exact days that you were gone. Mm -hmm. And then. Little did I know. Things happened. That family members and, and close family friends and on Christie's side. We're going to be dropping like flies. Okay, yep. Uh, yeah, I I went to two funerals in one day, and I want to tell you all about it. Is that a record, you think? No, probably not. Uh, it's a personal it's record. It's a personal record. I don't think I've ever been to more than two funerals or memorial services, as some may call them, in one day. Who called them that? Well, uh, or you can call it a celebration of life. Like, that's made its way into the into the country. Yeah. You know what the the um, funeral brochure at at the country church that Christy grew up in for the second funeral we went to it said celebration of life. I was like, I like this. Yeah, that's pretty nice. I, I like, like this. Um, did it feel like a celebration of life? I would like to discuss that. Oh, oh. But first, I would like to acknowledge that we're both flannel boys today. Yeah, we're in sync today. We flannel both boys with the black t-shirt with the white ink. What are we doing? I don't know, but. We're in sync, man. This is gonna be a good podcast. We decided to not talk about it until now, Woo! and we also decided not to change because it's like, it does, you know. It's different, just, but they same. If you're just watching a clip from, from Ear Biscuits this episode, you'd be like, oh, they, have, they, they decided to wear a uniform today. Yep. Plaid and black T-shirt, but we're no, it's just it we're just, just tap, we're tapping into the same live stream of apparel. 
This is a synchronicity, Link. This is a synchronicity. I will say briefly. What, what do we do with it? I will say briefly. I, I'm not going to talk about this at length right now, but I, I'm sure we will at some point. Uh, but people have pointed out multiple, you know, whenever we talk about things like when, um, when I did my deconstruction episode and I was talking about some of these things that were happening and, you know, is this challenging my worldview or inventing a new one, whatever, uh, people point out the fact that, which is not unexpected, that all of these things have been talked about, uh, ad nauseum by many other people other than me. It's just, I, I tend to not be, uh, very well educated about a lot of this stuff, right? Because... You know, we've got a technical education. I've been making internet videos. Meaning, what I'm saying is that all the stuff that we've been talking about, there are people who are uh, educated and informed and for, you know, centuries have been talking about some of the things that we talked about. And I'm just sort of riffing and just talking about my personal experience. But Shame on you. It, but no, but actually, it's, no, uh, it it's... I think it's good. This is it's, it's good to hear people talk about that because people point me to people who've talked about it. Okay, and then it's very helpful for me to process. And so, so they're I did, not critiquing you. Uh, well, some people are, but I, I'm, it's not. It's not. A, I, I'm saying some some people are giving helpful suggestions. Some people are critiquing. I'm taking it all as helpful suggestions. But one of the things I really had no idea about. Um, I mean, I had a little bit of an idea about you know, uh, CG or Carl Jung which I was, just said, Carl Jung. Um, and apparently uh, he is the one that made a lot of some of these concepts about like the collective unconscious and synchronicity and all this stuff because he oh. was very much a guy that was like, one part of his brain was super rational, logical, and the other part of his brain was uh, trying to figure out what was going on beyond and trying to develop Mystical a, a way of thinking about practical. those things together. And uh, so I've been reading, I'm not, haven't been reading him directly because he's kind of hard to read directly, but I've been reading modern people's takes on him who can explain it in a way that doesn't make me fall asleep. Why did you say well, he was CG? I thought it was CJ. No, CG. What's the G? I don't know. Gustav, I think. Oh, oh, oh. But Young starts with a J. Oh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah 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 okay yeah <laughs> so anyway, we're having we're having a a, a a Jungian synchronicity right now. Well, we're probably just we probably just have similar. Uh, we have crossover in our wardrobes, and it's inevitable that we're going to wear similar things on some days. But we can choose to uh, believe that there's something else going on, and it's more fun. I would like to harness it. Yeah, I'd like to harness Let's harness it. it and see if we can just work something up today. Well, since we're getting stuff off our chest. Yeah, I would uh, say so. Thank you, thank you for those of you who suggested oh, different books and, and resources because oh. I do appreciate it. Uh, because I admit, and I'm not very well read in a lot of these things. I'm just kind of experiencing life and then just going on a podcast and talking about it. So I do not take offense at any of those recommendations. I welcome them. Speaking of suggest a book, I'd like to suggest a book. Okay, is this your rec? Um, no. Okay, the, this is an ad. I would like to suggest a book that has nothing in it. It's up to you to fill it, and we sell it. Mythical, always creative. Mm. It's you know, it's good to have a creative notebook that has says nothing. It's uh, the Doodle Book. This actually features a doodle from uh, Caleb. Yep, our artist in residence. Yeah, and so the only thing the, that's on the book is the mythical is the M. M. And then you can put the dragon on there. Your doodle, anything you want. You don't have to doodle what Caleb doodled. And then every day or every moment. 
is a blank slate for you to doodle, express yourself, distract yourself. Uh, I recommend that. That's my favorite book right now. The yeah. Mythical Doodle Book, available at mythical.com. A book with nothing in it. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Um, I want to apologize for my tardiness today. Um, of course, you were also tardy. I think I was tardier than you. I was running late because I I had to f- flick my shower nipples. No comment. And um, once I got started with that, I couldn't stop until I was done. Please elaborate. I thought I've told you about my shower nipples before. Because you know I got, I've got i got the shower head beside me, but then I've got the raindrop shower head overhead, and it's like... It's, it's got this, a bunch of nipples on it. It's got a bunch of nipples on it, like, um, and then all the water squirts out of the nipples. Like, because of the like, hardness of the water in our area, they get clogged. Yeah, and the nipples are um, black rubber. And then I can look and I can see right at the tip of the teat of each one, there'll be like a little white thing. Mm-hmm. And if a I reach, frosty nip, they if, call that. If I reach up there and I just pinch the nipple, the, the, the frosty nip will come off. And the water will flow again. And the water will flow or not be like, sideways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I notice that sometimes it, if if I go long enough without flicking my shower nipples, the the intensity of the the remaining free-flowing nipples is such that it feels like I'm being shot with like a bunch of lasers. Yeah. And then there's one laser hitting the wall, one la- laser hitting the shower door. Pew 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 pew. It's it's it's. I feel like I need to be dropped from the ceiling like Tom Cruise. And well, the intensity to get, of to uh, dodge it. The intensity of flow is proportional or inversely proportional to the number of nipples. Of course, I know that. And this is why Chase, who has a third nipple, which he's <laughs> talked about, has a very low flow in his in his nipples because he has you know he has a relief nipple is what they call it. Well. <laughs> It's the design is optimized for all of the nipples to be free flowing, and you tend to forget. It's like all of a sudden, it's like, man, this hurts. I don't even want to turn this thing on. Right. But then I went up there and I like system. And sometimes I'll just like I'll just rake my hand over it. I ain't got time for this. Just like get all the nipples at once. It doesn't work that way. You got to sit there and you got to systematically you take your time. With go in a go in a circle. I did it. It took me so long. My arm got tired. I had to switch arms. All right, and you're just standing. You're not like on a stool. I'm not on a stool. No. Yeah. And then, and then I, I got so tired I had I to switch how arms back. How, I, I, from what I remember in filming that video in your shower, um, which is on the internet, don't it's get about any ideas. This tall. <laughs> I mean, it's this tall. I had to reach pretty straight it's to get to it. It's a pretty tall shower. So I, I just systematically pinched all of the shower nipples and got all of the little granules out. This and, is the only reason that you were late? And then, well, it took a long time. And then I turned... I turned that shower head back on, 
And let me tell you, it was like, it was like a brand new morning. It was, it was like a delicate rain. I was just underneath the delicate rain. I was like, this is what this thing's supposed to do. Yeah. This is what it was made for. Sometimes you just gotta flick your nipples. Sometimes you gotta flick your shower nipples. First thing in the morning. You know what? Uh, stop what you're doing, drop what you're doing. Even, you can keep listening to this. Make your way to your shower head at your next available well, hold on now. entree and start flicking those nipples. Now you're assuming that everyone has a rain. I mean, this is pretty privileged if yeah, you sorry. Just assume everybody's got a or rain shower. Or if, if any of, whatever your shower head is, you know, you need to, you need to dunk that thing in some, in some vinegar water. We definitely had no nipples in my shower. You gotta on. get, you gotta get that shower head clean. The shower head in my No matter what it is, use some vinegar. Was, uh, I don't know if you remember this, if you ever took a shower at my house growing up. I remember. The shower head started, like left the side of the wall at my goozle height, <laughs> neck height, and then released at the top of chest height. And this is the shower that I grew up taking showers in. <laughs> and probably at age- You were standing in a bathtub. Nine. I outgrew the shower, but continued to shower in the shower until 18. So you would bend over to wash your hair. Yeah. Or if you didn't want to wash your hair, it was, you didn't have to wear a shower cap. I didn't wear a shower cap until I got this hair. Growing up, I, I, I'm going to say this is just growing up with just a mom. Because the time that I grew up in the... Hold on, you just really, really, really... Messed up the synchronicity? Messed up the synchronicity. I got hot. I had to take it off. Well, feel how thick my thing is. I'm get, mine's, I'm hot, mine's dude. quilted. Mine's quilted. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm just keeping mine on. Mine's just as quilted as yours is. I'm keeping mine on for now. I'll take mine off in a little bit. I shouldn't put this on my mom, but it was her idea. As a kid, she was like, she would tell me things like, "You need to wash your face every night with Noxema." Mm. She didn't have a daughter, you know. Well, no, that was important. Well, forget though. gender norms. That was important. I'm open to this. I mean, she taught me skincare at a young age. That's a lot of things a lot of boys growing up around my time didn't get taught. I think you may be. I, and then, but here's the other thing she I think taught you have me. A mis you have a misconception about this, just so you understand. Well, how about this? She said, and you know what? If, you're, if your hair is good, you can take a shower with a shower cap. And as a kid, there were many times when I would shower with a shower cap. Well, that's that, a very middle-aged woman thing to do. I think that's a little unusual. But what was the? Uh, you ever showered with a shower cap? I I said yeah. Well, now I do. You have a shower cap? Yeah. Look at my hair, man. <laughs> man, how embarrassing. If I'm not going to wash it. <laughs> but I have actually. How embarrassing. I can't even sit here anymore. I'm well, glad I took my jacket off. But here's the thing. I have what I have found after having a shower cap for like the first two years of this hair is that if I just put my hair up. Same thing. And just kind of st stand. I don't have, a, we so don't have a rain shower. Let it way. hit your goozle. I just let it hit my face and a little bit of hair gets wet. But what were those? Aren't was, you afraid oxy of walking around with a shower cap? Like, aren't you afraid if you forget to take it off, you might come to work with that thing no, on? No, because in our bathroom, we have a mirror. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I usually see myself after I get out of the shower. I had to make a choice, you know, rain Shower head or a mirror? Oxy pads. Do you remember I'm living that, with that, that choice. Th those? Yeah, oxy pads. So we had the wash that came with that. And I remember you pads, had all that and stuff. And we had clear a seal. Dude, every teenager has a, should have, 
like a face wash routine because I use of Noxzema. acne, bro. I use Noxzema. So I'm just saying that I think that you thought that you were the only boy that was getting the the primp, primp face treatment, but like we were all burning our faces up trying to keep the zits at bay. You know? Yeah. They have different treatments now, I've noticed. Um, tell me about North Carolina, man. Um, it's wonderful. You know, it's a wonderful state. The pine tree, the pine state. <laughs> tell me about your specific experience. Uh, the state bird is the cardinal. Uh, the state tree is the... The main export... Longleaf pine? ...was tobacco uh, for, a, for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> um... What is it now? I bet it's um, potatoes. No, not potatoes. I've never seen a potato farm. <laughs> well, they're underground. We would grow a lot of cotton now, I think. Anyway, well, the 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 main thing that when when I found out we were going back to North Carolina, I looked at the calendar just to check and see if uh, our school, our I uh, can't say this word, but I'm going to try it. Alma mater. Good. Is that right? Is that good? Thing? A's, I, I L's, and R's, you. Uh, not good with me, uh, was hosting, yes, hosting the University of North Carolina, Tar Heels, in basketball. Boo! Um, this has been a pretty good year, if not a great year for NC State basketball, and it is proving to be a pretty bad year for UNC. And I love it, it. And the fact that they have historically, at least in the sense, you know, since the 80s, have uh, dominated us. Let's just be clear about that. In fact, having won f uh, f uh, 35 of the last 40 games that we've played. Ouch. Um, is we just hate them with a, with a deep, fiery passion. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, you know what? I'd like to go to that game because I don't go to NC State sports games anymore because I don't live there and it's it's on the weekend. You know what I'll do? I'll reach out to uh, the person that we know at the engineering school, uh, Dr. Jerome Lavelle, uh, who we, we, we know from the time we took a tour of NC State's engineering school a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, when we were on the Bleak Creek uh, tour. Yeah. And so we reached out, and I was like, hey, because, I mean, I looked, and all the tickets, the whole thing was sold out already. So, yeah. and he was like, yeah, you know what? Actually, it works out. The The dean's um, personal, two of his personal tickets he's not using or whatever. So I was like, oh, great. I'll take my dad to basketball game. Great father-son bonding. Get to nice. See the pack play. And he was like, I'd love for you to um, stop by the engineering school on the Friday before. Uh-huh. We're going to be there for, you know, Friday through Monday. These tickets aren't completely free. And, uh, you, you know, know show saying? you around. Show you around a little bit. Maybe oh. uh, have you meet some students. And I was like, sure, I'd love to do that. That's cool. Because last time that we were there, we did go over to the uh, Centennial Campus where the engineering school is, but we didn't really go into many things either. It was just a, the time of year. I, I don't remember exactly <clears> what was going on, but I got a way better tour than we got, just so you understand. I'm going to tell you about some things that I saw. Yeah, it was, it was uh, classes weren't in session or something. Okay. It was, it was a strange time. It was cool to go back, but yeah, we didn't get to see that much. Well, as you know, most of the engineering buildings are on the Centennial Campus, the Newark Campus. Yeah. Which you have to kind of, I mean, it's a little bit of a drive to get to. And um, 
he was like, I'm going to take you into some of the labs where some students are doing some interesting work. Okay. And I mean, I don't think I have to tell you how much NC State has changed since we went there. You know, I mean, it's been a short 20-something years since we graduated. Centino Campus was just getting started when we were there. Just it was like started. very ambitious. Like the buildings were huge, but there wasn't anybody there. Yeah. It was like hardly anything was happening. We didn't, I, I, I took no classes there. Oh, yeah. It was right after us that they started populating more stuff over there at that remote campus. And this is, there's been a, a, a huge change in just the philosophy of architecture and building spaces for universities and incorporations, the, the, the very open, airy, natural light, all that stuff is kind of a new thing that's happened over the past 20 years and it's just infiltrated corporate America but also American universities and any new buildings they're building, right? So, because if you think about- Of course, they still only use brick. At state, right? On the outside, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like we walked past Man Hall, which is the, the building that I took a lot of my civil engineering classes in. It was the civil engineering building, and it's currently being completely like redone. But, and I don't, I don't remember what building you did most of your classes in, but I'm sure it was a very similar approach. Park shops. Okay. I think is what it was called. But like when you went into the front door of Man Hall, there was a lobby area that was a lobby like the size of a like a mansion or like like a, a foyer in a large home. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. not a big space and it was one story and there were barely any windows in there and there was like a little seating area. Yeah, like maybe like some stuff 50s, on the wall. Built in the 50s maybe. But now when you walk into, so there's uh, this, interestingly, the civil engineering and the industrial engineering uh, departments are in the same building. Synchronicity. So there you go. There's like a, you know, Dr. Between Lavelle me and you. was like, it's like the Rhett and Link building. He didn't ask me to make it the Rhett and Link building. Did, but he was planning to see, I, right? I mean, I mean, it's a, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean they're not going to turn away he, donations. He didn't come out and ask. How much does it cost to name a building after? Way more than we're willing to pay. Yeah, I, I didn't even ask that question. <laughs> like, I didn't even ask. So, um, but I was just blown away as we walked into these buildings with just the lobbies. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I was getting fixated on just the lobbies. I didn't know you were a lobby man. I'm, I am now. I didn't know I was a lobby guy, but I'm a lobby guy. When you've got a lobby that's three stories high and there's all this open seating and all this natural light, and I, it's just, it gives you a feeling. Are of, there hammocks? I want to learn. Do they have hammocks? No. Because to me, that, that that's, the wrong message. that's the final frontier. Because every college lobby is just, it's all about where am I going to take a nap next? That was for, that's how that I was felt for about it. you, and I don't think that's a widespread practice because more, more people have, or most people have shame. In oh. the concept called shame, and uh, we are well aware of that. I definitely that you have don't. shame, but it ain't got nothing to do with that. Shame leaves the building when I'm sleeping. Um, that's the great thing about me and shame. Well, here's and naps, but they, they need hammocks in more campus places. Well, there's these cool things called dorm rooms, and there's these better things called don't patronize bed, me beds that are in those. But then he took me to the actual lab areas where the students are doing these experiments. And just, I gotta just, I don't know what kind of, uh, you know, sort of like robots and stuff you had access to at the, at the industrial engineering school. I don't think any. No, none. It's crazy. What now. are you talking about? You saw robots? Oh yeah. I don't mean like 
may I help you kind of robots. I don't mean Welcome like personal to the lobby. assistance. I mean, there's this giant. May I help you navigate the lobby? There's this giant, I mean, I'm sure they'll have that soon, but there's this giant multi-story open area with all these stations. And of course, you've got your 3D printers. And I don't mean like your little, I mean 3D printers the size of this table around and then robotic arms doing things and just all throughout this facility all this stuff that we just didn't have access to and maybe if we had have had access to it we'd still be engineers so i mean you know catch 22 there mm -hmm. um but he was like i want to take you to some labs where students are doing some interesting work and it was pretty cool because um at least for the most part, it seemed like these students, these graduate students, whether they be, you know, just a graduate student or a PhD student had been prepared. You know, we're bringing by uh, an alumnus and uh, he's an internet comedian. He doesn't do any engineering anymore, but he wanted to go to the State Carolina game. So I'm going to show him a good time. <laughs> and... Um, they had been prepped. They had a little something to say. Oh. You know. Welcome to Moe's. It was almost like that. But I went into one lab, and there was this long chamber, that, like a water chamber. That was, they were doing some work on it, but it's basically like to generate a wave to like study erosion and that kind of thing. <clears throat> okay. But then there was all these pipes in there, and there was this woman in there in a white coat and a, you know, safety goggles. And she explained that what she is working on is she is working with fungi uh -huh. that are designed to break down certain waste products in wastewater systems, whether that be plastics or whatever. And, in, and there's also some that, you know, those, those fat bergs, you know, the oil deposits, the grease deposits that get into city sewers. Yes. And oh, God, don't show me a picture of that. Great internet videos. Well, they're developing, you know, fungi that are going to, that can attack this stuff and, mm -hmm. and take care of it. And, of course, the first thing that I'm thinking. The Last of I'm Us. I'm like, have you watched The Last of Us? I mean, that's all I can do. You I mean, ask her that. Being out of this field for so long and never really having been in that particular field of getting that technical. I'm an entertainer. Can we talk about a show? Yeah. And uh, I, I said, and so that was kind of my, ended up kind of being my go-to thing, as you'll, you'll see as I talk about the other place that I went, was this idea that this woman is working with... Mushrooms. She's working with a fungus that, you know, it felt like it could turn on her. And that was, I just said, I just said, be careful. That was basically my advice was, I just, listen, I'm only four episodes in, but I just got to say, be careful. I really believe in what you're doing. Can I ask a potentially dumb question? Because. Yeah. Uh, you can, more than what, one. What, what? You can ask more than one. Well, I never have. <laughs> this is my one. Maybe this isn't a dumb question, but like. I don't know. I'm seeing it from a different angle. Like you've been talking about fungus and then I'm like, yeah, mushrooms. And then I realized that like when you get a fungal infection, when you get a fungal infection, is that a is that mushrooms? Well, no, mushrooms is is a type of fungus. Oh, good. But, but like yeast is a fungus. Oh, that's well. right. That's right. Yeah, so no, it doesn't necessarily mean So they want so she wasn't working with mushrooms but, per se. Uh no, but in The Last of Us, it is a mushroom. I know that. Yeah, so, I mean, maybe if, I just yeast I eventually become a mushroom if you let it go? No, it becomes <laughs> I don't think bread, so. dude. 
Yeah, it just becomes bread. <laughs> is, mu- is bread a mushroom? <laughs> Apartments.com has more rental listings than anywhere else. So finding the perfect place is easier than ever and so is finally moving in together, just the two of you. It's a big step. Lots of new responsibilities, lots of adjustments. Most likely, they'll wake you up at odd hours to go to the bathroom. And you'll most definitely find yourself in trouble coming home late for dinner. They may even unroll all your toilet paper next time. It's just what happens when you two find a new place together. But you're not doing it because you feel like it. No, you're doing it because you love them, because they're family. And that's why Apartments.com has more pet-friendly rental listings on the internet. Did you know that's what we were talking about? Pets so that you and your furry family can find the perfect new place together. Apartments.com, the place to find a pet-friendly place. I mean, this is a good point to say, they've they've invited me to give the commencement address at the Industrial Engineering School and, and listen to me talk right now. Well, and- What on earth? And you know that, uh, and is this, is this been confirmed that I'm giving the commencement address at the Civil Engineering Department? Okay, yeah, so. Yeah. Thanks to me. Well, oh, okay, let's get this straight. I feel like the industrial engineering department is a fan of mine. In 2019. They gave me an award. Or maybe 2018, or maybe 20, I don't know when it was. We were both asked to give the respective commencement addresses. We turned it down at the time because of schedule. And then when it resurfaced, the conversation was about you giving the commencement oh, address yeah, yeah, in yeah. industrial engineering. And so- They it, thought it, better about you. And then when you decided that you were gonna do it, I was like, well, I should probably offer my services to the civil engineering department. And so that is what is happening. No, that, that was what was gonna happen. And then it was COVID and we, it didn't happen at all. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there was an invitation again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it was to me. Well, it was and to me this like, most recent time. <laughs> I like, my, my version of the story is. Your version of the story always puts you in the center. We know, Link. <laughs> no, I was asked to give the commencement speech again, and then uh, you were like, I'll offer my services again. Well, because I, <laughs> if you're gonna go, if you're gonna take, it's like your trip, if you're gonna go take a weekend away. Right. I mean, if you're oh, gonna I, go back to North Carolina. And I here's mean, the thing. Hi, having uh, taken a tour of the engineering school and interacted with some of the students, which I'm about to tell you about, I feel like I'm probably better prepped than you at this point. Well, that was my point exactly. I'm not prepped in any way. Well, I, after talking I have talking no business to, doing this. I'm honored, but I have Well, as I will make clear, I don't have any business doing it either, but I don't think that's why they're talking to us. Yeah. I, after talking to the fungus lady, uh, went into a, a materials lab and there were three guys in there, and they were they were ready, man. They had a little, they were ready Song to and talk dance. about it. And he and he hand, was handing welcome me stuff. to our lab. You know, it wasn't quite that engaging, uh, but he did say we are working on self healing carbon materials, carbon fiber, and some other material. I was like. And that was the moment I said, I feel that? like every time, every conversation I start in this place feels like the beginning of a dystopian yeah. thriller, you know? Yeah, so I ended up, just so you know. This could go sideways. Ended up telling them to be careful too. Oh yeah. So I am, I, so my message, just letting you know, I'm giving you a little preview of my commen- commencement is, is be careful. Be careful y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't like, know the power that you wield. Yeah. You're gonna be the reason that this all 
self-healing. Self-healing. How does that work? So essentially, like, let's say you had a wing that was made out of carbon fiber, you know, which is a great idea, right? We've got a very light, mm-hmm. uh, strong material. Well, they actually talked about a, uh, a heat-activated adhesive. And I said, like a chip bag, right? We've done that on Good Mythical Morning. We mm-hmm. resealed a chip bag with a, with a flat iron. You know, that was what I had to offer. Just mm-hmm. so you understand. Yeah, you made yourself the same. We're still doing engineering. Yeah, That's what I learned. Right. And so they basically have layers They're of- They're like, no, not exactly. They have layers of heat-activated ad- adhesives that are inside the carbon fiber structure, and then they have very small wires that go through that so that they can conduct an electrical current through it that will activate it. And, and it, when there's a break or something, it- Automatically activates the current. I once they no, I don't know exactly. I mean, I'm sure that might be what they do at some point. Um, but I think you can turn like hit the self healing button again. We're in the early stages of this link. We at the NC State Engineering School. Okay, you know, I'm a part of that. I've been to on a tour. Yep. Um, but it, anyway, it was super cool. I did once he started talking about how it works and how it lays itself back down, and that was when I I was like, yeah, self healing. You, you had me at self healing. You yeah. had me in the lobby, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I can't. I talked to somebody else who was doing something else. Uh, but I, they, they can they make it cry? Uh, it's not. It's not a. It doesn't have a soul yet. Okay. Like I feel like when it gets hurt, it should cry, and that should be the that should be the external well, notification that put, hey, I'm self healing right now. You can put that in your commencement speech. But then I want to fly in a plane that cries. Doctor Lavelle was like, I've gathered some students. Engineering scholars, I think he said. Oh, he was like they're basically like engineering students who are leading in different areas. I've gathered them in a smarty room. smarty pants. They're in there with some pizza and some soda. Oh hell yeah! And I would like you to have a word with them. Oh <laughs> yeah! I, I, I would like you to give them some remarks. Here we go. And, I, and, and he was like, do you, "Like, do you need any time?" I was do like, you need any time? I was like, "No, man." Oh god, you're standing. I was like, "You, you, you, you're about to ask me to do what I do best." <laughs> <laughs> with, with, Impromptu speaking. We just, just start talking to people <laughs> in a crowd. <laughs> Do and, you need uh, any time? I would I'd have probably been like, yeah, and then I would have bolted, man. And I love the fact, though, because we sit down in there and he's like, uh, the way he framed it was, uh, Rhett has some things that he wants to share with you. <laughs> and I was like, do, some, oh, do I? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red, yeah, yeah. Red has some things. Do you need some time? Because I'm about to tell him you got some things. Yeah, let's, you- let's see if I do have some things to share. Yeah, what did you do with that? Uh, well, I kind of went off of the fact that I had just experienced these things, these very cool things, and I used that to talk about, first of all, the fact that I felt like every conversation that I was having was the beginning of a dystopian novel and that they should be careful. So I kind of took my be careful theme and I gave it to them. Can I ask you? Another question? Is this a dumb one? This is a smart one. <laughs> okay. How how many students were there? Twenty. Did you say twenty? So that's a tough size. That's a tough size. How loud was your speaking voice? Like, what tone did you use? Demonstrate that. Did you talk to them like you're talking to me right now? No, it was. Or more did like, you talk to them? It was more like, "Thanks for having me." <laughs> Because it was in the lobby, and it's a very, it's a very. <laughs> you large, were on the other yeah, side. It's a of, large lobby, but you kind of have to make a point. I'm like, did you did you go into speech mode, or were you very much in like? 
No, I was leaning back. Was You're leaning, leaning back. back. Yeah. You were seated. Yeah, yeah. You know, my voice projects pretty well. But you were seated. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I didn't stand up. Okay, good. I'm not I don't do that. Yeah. I'm already you know, I'm already their height when I'm sitting down. <laughs> Um, you're their standing height when but you're then seated. I said uh, and again this wasn't planned this just this was kind of just happened I, and I thought this was a good one uh, I thought this was a good way for the thing to develop I said I was in town to see us beat Carolina tomorrow you know? mm-hmm. yeah and, and 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 Dr. Lavelle wanted to give me a little tour of things and show me the latest and greatest in the engineering school and and going around and talking with these individuals working on these different things, I just want to let you know that you're doing really important work, unlike the students at Carolina. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was kind they of my bit. That. My bit was the students at Carolina think that they're doing important things, you know, in the, in <laughs> the humanities. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what they're doing doesn't have an impact on the world. <laughs> well, you you guys are solving real problems. You are helping the state, the nation, and the world in significant ways. Were they laughing? At least, yeah, just smiling. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smirking. I got, I got some laughs. I got, you know, 20, is it 20, you know, you know, you know. 20. It's, yeah. They're not going to roll on the floor or anything. And um, there's not going to be any cl- clapping, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, I did leave out the fact that, like, there, you know, UNC has a good medical school. I, I kind of set aside the medical sciences for a second. Mm-hmm. It was just kind of talking about, like, journalism school, yeah. you know. Pay no attention to the medical sciences yeah, yeah. happening over here. Um, did you mention, I don't know, you know me? Uh, you probably it. You probably came up. I mean, I don't, don't recall specifically. Don't recall <laughs> okay. Um, no, I, I'm sure I talked about you, and I said uh, that you were an industrial engineer and that I was a civil engineer. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I ended up saying that. Um, you know, I talked about. I told my story of almost changing from communications to from engineering to communications once I decided I probably wasn't going to be an engineer forever. Um, but then my dad was like, you can do everything that you, everything that you can do with a communications degree, you can do with an engineering degree, but not the other way around. And that logic made sense to me. So I stayed and it ended up working out. Huh. And I kind of was just making the point of like, listen, I'm not doing important things. You guys are trying to. probably not true, by the way. You guys are. I just want to go ahead and say that's probably not true. Um, I think it probably is I don't for the most part. I think it's generally it's not, true. I'm sure there's there's going to be examples. Hashtag ear biscuits, things that a communications major can do that an engineering major can't. Uh, yeah, there might be exceptions. But in a general rule, most of those jobs you can get in communications don't require special training. So you told them, special training. what was the, you were telling them <laughs> not to switch? No, well, there was a girl who had changed. Who, who they went around and said where they were from and what they had changed, what they were majoring in, and and, and one of them was like, I, I just switched to marketing, but I'm still in this thing. <laughs> so you belittled her, and so I kind of I singled her out. I was like, No, listen, I know you just changed to marketing. Uh, I know I, you just made a huge and, and listen, life altering mistake. Some people got to do that. Some people got to tell the story of what's going on here. There's some awesome stuff happening. I spun it pretty nicely, but what my point was is that <laughs> what we do, I said. You guys are doing important work. You're 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 getting the fatbergs out of pipes, you know. Yep. I'm determining what's the best flavor of pop tart, which is not even really helpful because it's just what I think and what you think. Yeah. Um even though I'm was making light of what we do, I understand what yeah. why what we do is important, but it's not really important for the utility of what we're doing. It's more important for the the vibe that it's creating or whatever, you know. Um but it made me think. I was like 
they are actually doing really important stuff. Like, I'm not saying that I had never thought about this, (laughs) but I was was like, we have all these problems that we are facing as a society. Um, And a lot of these problems are being made worse by things like climate change, you know, because there's one, there's there's coastal engineering, there's a whole department. They're thinking about the coast, they're thinking about erosion, they're thinking about the forests along the coast and vegetation and all this stuff, those environments. Um, they're just doing really, really important things that, you know, have an immediate impact as soon as you graduate and start working in these fields. You're kind of making me nervous about my commencement address now. I mean, it's like, it's like it would matter. Was this a dry run for you? You think you're going to go back to the the state Carolina bit? I, I considered it. I considered I might use a little bit of that. I might, there might be a little riff. Yeah in there about how what they do matters, unlike Carolina. I, I, I'm starting to percolate some ideas for my speech. And I think it's, um, uh, right now I'm just really, I think I'm gonna go weird. Well, I fully expected that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach them a lesson. You're gonna confuse a lot of parents. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna confuse the parents. Yeah. I'm gonna teach them a lesson for asking me to do this. And never, and ruin all our chances of ever giving like the school-wide commencement. Right. Right, we're just on the college, college of engineering levels. I kind of see that. We can't get to the big level. I kind of see that as my role in this tandem operation, is that my role is to secure us a spot at giving the school-wide commencement at some point for NC State. Yep, and, and, and to make them have that awkward conversation, it's like, can you not bring him? <laughs> <laughs> because of what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know that. Well, maybe at the tall ones. There. I got some more time to figure it out. But honestly, okay. I've, I've, I think about it way too much. Like I, I, there's a little bit of nervousness there. But like I'm trying to psych myself up to just not even think about it. Like I'm, I might end up going. I wouldn't totally, that. totally, you know, unprepared. Don't don't give too much away because this comes out before you give the commencement speeches. So yeah, well, I got. I don't have anything to give away. To hear. <laughs> <laughs> and reconsider. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We don't yeah, want yeah. them to reconsider. You know what, Link's gonna, oh. Link's gonna do a great <laughs> job. Oh, you don't want them to rescind, you think they're gonna rescind? I don't know. Link's gonna do I'm a gonna great job. I'm gonna make them regret this. A couple You're, things y'all point. have said are not helping your cases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Link's gonna do a great <laughs> job. Hey, I didn't, I didn't will ask, not, you will Brett's not regret the it. one who asked for it. I'm the one who was invited to do it. <laughs> I'll just make sure no one at NC State listens to this podcast <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. episode. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, when we did go back, it's reminding me of the time that we did go back, and it was it was fun. It was it oh, was yeah. it was fun because we went we went before a crowd of students, and we did like a panel, hmm. and I I just really I really had a blast just cutting up. You know, yeah. Everybody goes in that environment; they take themselves a little too seriously. You know, we gotta we gotta shape the future generation. Yeah, no, nah, I'm just gonna give them a little comic relief. I'm going to give them a little confusion. Take them off their balance. Just so you know, I do think that the expectations are pretty low. Yeah. You know, for the individual. This is not even the engineering school. This is the individual department graduation. I don't even know how many students are going to be there. You know, what are we talking? 80. 120. I don't know. They're trying. There's there's like 10,000 students in undergrad engineering total. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, 
You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Are you, yeah, let me talk, talk to you about my, yeah, yeah, my, yeah, yeah. my trip. Do that. Because um, I went to a couple of funerals. Yeah, yeah. We say the best for last. Um, I was reminded of something at, at, at one of these funerals. Uh, the, the, the speaker, the preacher, um, you know, seemed like a great guy. I'm not critiquing the guy, but he reminded me of a principle. And that is, um, at a funeral, when you're, you're, you're talking about this person and you're like referencing their faith, there's like, there's this thing which he referred to as, um, preaching somebody into heaven. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you're talking about the dead person, yeah. preaching the dead person in heaven. Now, this is not a belief that somebody can um, get into heaven after. As a, I, th- I think that's a Mormon belief, but it's not a um, a country church Christian belief. No, right. That uh, after somebody dies, well, their 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 fate is sealed. That is the belief. Their fate. Once you die, you go to the other side, and you you're there for eternity. Heaven or hell, mm-hmm. and um, so you got to make your decision on this side of that for yourself. Now, can't nobody preach you into heaven, but and, and the reason why it came up was he was talking about uh, the deceased as someone that he he knew his he knew his faith, and he like it's like I can certify I don't need to preach him into heaven. Now, I don't preach people into heaven. To clarify, this, you this said what it, you said what it wasn't, but to say what it is. To say what it is is when you is when a preacher is preaching a funeral and the deceased they they have their doubts about the deceased person's faith yeah. and if it has qualified them to be in heaven. Now, and of course, you want to provide comfort to the family, and within that uh, belief system, you want to be able to say, "Well, they check the boxes of." faith in Jesus Christ in this particular way that we all agree is the way that you get into heaven. So um, if you you want to give the people comfort that this person's in heaven, you'll see them again. But if there's doubts about it, you kind of got to spin it in a hopeful, positive way that this speaker, preacher, described as preaching them into heaven. Because I knew really exactly what he was talking preaching about. Preaching about them as if they are in heaven now. Yeah. Even though he or she, the preacher, has their doubts, right? You know, mm-hmm. and he said, "I don't do that. I don't preach people in heaven." Okay, he course, doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And it he is said, common practice. And, but he also, but he was making the point in this case, I don't need to do that because I know that he's there. Does I that... knew I knew his faith well enough to know that he's there, and you got nothing to worry about. You can be comforted. Does that mean that there are times? When this preacher thinks somebody might be in hell, that he says that I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what he, he just does. refused to do the funeral. Maybe he refused to do I the don't funeral. Think so. He's like, I can't preach him into heaven, so I'm bowing out of this one. 
So that was that was like one of the points he was making to give comfort to them. But like for me, and then I was kind of, you know, I'm in this interesting place, right? So it's like my vantage point is I was not only thinking about me, but other people in the crowd who were like, well, uh, I don't know if I'm, if, if you, so you would, you certainly wouldn't certify that I'm, I'm going to heaven. Oh gosh. I just, I just spilled my drink. Um, it just made me feel, it made me feel a little weird. You know, it's like, um, I understand that you want to give people comfort that in, especially if, if they believe in heaven, mm. you know, that people are going there, that, that their loved one is now there, that they moved on to a better place. Um, but I don't know. It just, and, and, uh, I don't know. It just made me feel funny, man. Well, did he turn it on to, to the crowd? Because my experience yeah, going at a to certain, evangelical yeah. funerals is that they don't make it about the deceased person. They make it about you making a decision on this side of death. And I will say to seal your fate that there are many people who who die who want their funeral to be to right. bring people to a point of decision about Jesus. Right. So I don't think it's necessarily disrespectful to the deceased person, but I have been to funerals in which. I knew that the deceased person did not want their funeral to be turned into an invitation for people to make a decision for Jesus and to examine their own lives. Uh, but that was the preacher's prerogative, and so that's what he did. Yeah, that's what that's what feels a little weird too, and it kind of brought that up. You know, it's like because the the other funeral was the one that said celebration of life, and it was much more just about bringing comfort to the family through like there were scripture readings. And like a a little sermon, that it was very much just about comfort. It wasn't about okay, this is this is where the deceased person is, and that's why you need comfort. It's just you know, God's here for you, and you know, it was it was it was more generally comforting. It wasn't about like um, asserting someone's eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was also, you know, uh, people spoke, and it was a, it was a celebration of life. And you know what? Even with the even with the first one, the one where with the preaching preaching somebody in heaven happened, the fr- that was talked about. The best part was that an, a handful of people got up and spoke about the deceased. I I love that. That is great. That's my favorite thing about a funeral, celebrating. Like people sharing from their heart about how they've been touched, people who don't like to speak publicly and have like uh, by their own admission say, "I have no business being up here. I hate this, but I love this person so much that I want to be up there and saying something like, "I love that. I'll keep going to funerals because for that to happen, you know but this but this whole like you know you got to feel like. All right, this is my ch- this is my chance. We got we got everybody here thinking about death. Now's when we're gonna get them. Now's when we're gonna get them. We're now we're gonna get them into heaven. Yeah, you know that just felt. Yeah, I I just don't I don't I don't love that. I don't love that. I don't want that at my funeral. Oh well, because well I'm gonna change a lot of my plans now. <laughs> because I was first of all I was planning on doing your eulogy and I was planning on making it a really really intense. 
intense moment. Intense moment where everyone's going to have to like, you can go around pointing at everybody and they got to say where the, their, their eternal functions. Well, I was once at a funeral uh, where someone speaking about the deceased uh, paused for an uncomfortably long time. Okay. Probably a minute. And just didn't say anything. 60 seconds is a long time to not talk. It f- Well, the reason I say a minute is Without a heads up. It felt like two, and so I'm going to say that it was probably one. And it was one of those things where the question in my mind was, is this person getting choked up? Because it didn't seem like they were about to get choked up. But sometimes you can get choked up. You know, when I get choked up, I, yeah. have, a, I have trouble just getting any words out. And so... I was like, okay, well, right. maybe that's what's happening, but I don't see any evidence of that. And then he said, that was awkward, wasn't it? That was uncomfortable. Actually, what's the words? That oh, was no. uncomfortable, wasn't it? Oh, no. Well, one minute of discomfort in this service, compare that to an eternity in hell. Oh, my God. This was at a funeral, yes. dude? Yes. <laughs> And making the point, and because the woman was a Christian, the woman was an evangelical Christian, and this is what she would have wanted. I mean, maybe not exactly that. <laughs> but again, wow. it's just like, I, I just remember every funeral, I, I remember the way we would talk about it was, it's a, that's a threat. Pre- preacher did a good job. Preacher did a good job. And, and it's a threat. The gospel went out. And that, that was the standard. The gold standard for a funeral was if the gospel was presented clearly. And there are many positive ways to present the gospel, to present the good news that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus for eternity. If that's your thing, there's plenty of positive ways to do that. I mean, and a lot of that happened in the service, and it was mostly through the people sharing about this person's life and celebrating it. Mm-hmm. And the fact that their faith was a part of that was very winsome. You know, it's like no threats needed. You know, it's like people get so damn heavy-handed because they feel like they've got, they got to. You know, it's like, well, it, it's, it's life or death. You know, you got you to gotta act this way, but it's just not effective. And it feels kind of, it feels kind of icky. Well, I think that's the, the interesting part of this. I mean, that one, this, that one especially. The interesting part of this is if I was being, not that I am, and I would not accept, accept this, uh, accept this offer, if I was uh, being serving as a consultant to an evangelical church who was looking to make an impact on people, yeah. I, would, I would be like, yeah, 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 yeah. This, this, this push energy. You know, I heard somebody recently explain yeah, yeah, yeah. the push versus the pull. Mm-hmm. And so if you're trying to persuade someone exactly. of something, pushing them towards that thing is almost always going to be met with resistance. Right. But if you create a situation and that they will be pulled and attracted towards whatever it is that you're trying to persuade them of, first of all, it gives them the power of choice and decision and makes them, and it's much more likely that whatever decision they make will be long lasting. Exactly. If I push on the shower nipple, what's going to happen? The water's going to go shoot off to the side yeah. as far away from me as quickly as possible. But if I pull on the shower nipple and I release, I don't know how that fits into the analogy. If I release I the little rock, where you're going, and boom, so I'm getting, I'm getting, 
I'm getting, I'm getting, just getting sprayed all over the face with it. And this can be a very difficult. It's coming to me. This is a difficult principle to follow. I mean, especially for somebody like me. I, you know, I tend to get into a place where I just want to just persuade someone of something, you know. And it, not just only tell them like it is. And first of all, I want to. I am and have been for quite some time letting go of that. First of all. Once you become more and more unsure about these things, you become much less um, interested in persuading people of anything, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, I'm much more pers- I'm much more persuaded to persuade people to be less sure about the things that they think about the. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. But even then, I just don't want to be forcing an idea on somebody or critiquing, their, and I'm not saying I, I, I do, I do end up doing this, I fall into the trap of critiquing and pushing, and, but I think if you can just be like, hey, can we create an environment, and I mean, this is free advice for churches everywhere, <laughs> create an environment that people are attracted to, you know? Yeah, and many, many do that. Yeah. I mean, this is not, the things that we're talking about are not a blanket statement that is just like, I, I don't know if I don't know if funerals are fraught with this, but I mean we've run into it enough over the years to know that it's something that happens. But it's not. I'm not. I'm not giving a church wide critique or like a denomination wide critique. No, no, it's no, like. No. But it, I. I've but seen, it is common. I've seen it enough, and it was more common in the past. And you know, I was asking Lando about it afterward. I was like, "What did you think about um, the funeral?" And he told me some stuff, and I was like, "What did you think about like the sermon part?" And he was like. You mean the part where that guy was yelling at us? <laughs> and he actually, you know, I didn't, I wouldn't have characterized it as yelling, but he, but oh, it's like, oh, through his, through his lens, that's how he was like, yeah, that's exactly how he, this, well, there, this there, guy was yelling at us. There's an intensity you, to, there's an intensity to things that you say from the pulpit that if you don't come from that tradition, right, you're like, in, in any other walk, in any, any other scenario in life, if someone was speaking in this way, they would be upset with me. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we just kind of like, <laughs> oh, that's just a preacher yelling. He's That's a preacher preaching. Yeah. And there's also another thing that happens that preachers do that I've observed quite a bit, which is when they want to get kind of fake emotional about something and they're making a point about something and you're like, dude, you're not actually upset about this. This is the third service of the Sunday. You're doing the same thing that, this is a prepared thing that you've come up with that you're trying to make this point and I just wish, I just wish that you would understand this thing that I'm really passionate about. But you're not passionate about it right now. Well, that's, I mean, that's more of a pull. So not all pulls work. Uh, no, well, I if feel, pushing is yelling I and feel, pulling is crying, I feel like that's still pushing. Yeah, I feel like that's manipulative. <laughs> yeah, and, and and the funny thing is, is like okay, Lando, perfect example of this as as a young, it's a young person, he's, Emp- he's a young person, em- empathetic guy too. But in general, the younger generation, oh, yeah. they see through everything. They see through <laughs> everything. They 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 know the moment that you are. Trying to Putting project on. something that isn't authentic, and it's just. And again, I'm not obviously. There's plenty of religious leaders who have figured this out and are now using these principles to manipulate people. Mm. The appearance of authenticity and vulnerability, but so uh, you know, and but I'm. I, I think that you know, the this generation. What generation is Lando? What do you call that? I don't know. He's he's about. He's thirteen. Alpha? Yeah, they're going to the Greek alphabet now. 
Starting over. He's generation generation alpha? alpha more than anybody, man. They see through everything. So born in twenty ten. That's still generation alpha. He's not Z. He's <coughs> no. Young. I just didn't know if he was beta. Uh, it says the first year is 2010, so he's on the cusp. 2010 is the first year of Alpha. There you go. So all our kids are Alpha. <laughs> no. Um, Lando's my youngest. Yeah, but so at the was... first year. Oh, the fir- uh, folk, it started in 2010. <laughs> so he's the only one that's Alpha, and all the rest of our kids are Z. Yeah. Huh. Because 2004, 2008. Well, well 2009. 2010 starts Alpha. Anyway, um, uh, all in all, the, 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 the funeral experiences were nice, especially because the second one, um, the deceased loved fish stew, and, and everybody stayed, was invited to stay. I thought and, the and way you started that sentence was like, especially because the deceased came back from the dead. Like, uh, it may, it may, I'm sorry, but no. it, it just made no, it seem like no. the deceased set up and said the something. The deceased loved fish stew. And it's stew. on TikTok now. Fish stew. And everybody got fish stew? Everybody ate fish stew, which oh. is like a, a downy staple that Christy makes. Has she made it for you? I don't know if I've had her fish stew. Is it to, a tomato-based? Tomato-based. So based. it's kind of like Brunswick stew, but with fish? Is that how you would yes, describe it? Yeah, it, they're not, it doesn't have either. to be tomato-based. They had a, they had a uh, clear base and a tomato base. And then it's potatoes. They had two options? Yep. My Big goodness. pots of this. And they had flounder in it, but you can also like put canned salmon in it. Well, that's an example of uh, pull energy is when you serve fish mm-hmm, stew at the, mm-hmm. at the Everybody service. wants to stay. Um, so there's fish, potatoes, shrimp, and the really good ones, you throw in some shrimp. Um, onions. That's pretty much it, but it's it's it was an acquired taste for me, but now I really love it. And you like cut up cheese and like you make your bowl and you put cheese in the side and then that like big hunk of cheese will melt. Of course, Christy fish taught me and this. cheese. Yeah. Yeah. You're not supposed to do that according to Leviticus. And then some white bread. They had they had lo- every table had a loaf of white bread on it. Oh man. So I can critique I you know, um uh, Hometown faith, but I can't do it too much because they got they got a lot of stuff right too. Every table's got a loaf of white bread on it. It's like that's good. Stuff. That erases a world of preaching people into heaven yeah. in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I keep coming back. The food is so good. I man. keep coming back for more, baby. So, um, that was it. I made it through the funerals. We supported the. The families, and I'm I'm glad we were there. It was the right thing to do. I've rescheduled my trip to Cabo. Don't you worry. Okay, so I'm still not invited. Nope. Um, I'll um, I'll close by telling you a little bit about. Uh, you sound like a preacher right now. I won't close. I'm gonna close. I'm the telling story. you about one of my experiences. <laughs> uh, the basketball game. So I know you've made it clear that you don't care about sports, but a lot of people do. And uh, I also have cared, you know. I respect sports. As as I have aged, I have been able to detach myself a little bit from, or to recognize how ridiculous, when you really think about it, how ridiculous it is to care about These students, 
who go to this school that you went to 20 years ago and their ability to get a ball through a basket better than the students from another school that your wife went to. Mm -hmm. Like I understand that if you really break this down and look at it, it does not make sense. It's not rational. You should not have emotional attachments to these outcomes. It's a farce. That being said, I also understand that on a deep psychological level that I would probably be able to articulate well if I had read more <laughs> and taken more than Psych 101, it is connecting with something deep within us that is just a part of our DNA, right? And uh, the and we don't have those outlets. Like we are, we live in a modern society. Like I don't have to defend my village against the other village. Like I just don't have to do that yet. I mean, maybe that'll happen as the world continues to fall apart. But right now, I just yeah. kind of just I say hey to the garbage man. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I did say hey today. to my neighbor. I don't worry about my life as I'm traversing to work. I'm also not like looking at an opportunity to like get a deer to bring home to my family. We live in the modern times, right? We do, we do. But because we've got all these systems in us that are geared towards defending the village, we put that into sports. And even though you can step back and observe it and understand how ridiculous it is, I find myself getting so caught up in it. And of course, I hate Carolina for reasons that I cannot even articulate. Mostly because they have beaten our brains in for years. And I was like, okay, there's an opportunity here. We're good this year. They're not good. For some reason, that usually doesn't matter, and they always end up like playing really well against us and beating us anyway. Yeah. So I kind of went into this with the game with, with, with these low expectations. And then it's like the game starts, and we're not playing well, shooting horribly. Our best player is not really scoring they start kind of building a lead in the second half, and I just had this narrative that I began to play out in my mind, which is, I was excited about this, I knew I shouldn't have been excited about it, I knew they were gonna beat us again for the you know, 36th time in the past 41 tries or whatever it was. And then, we just kinda, we turned things around, and there was an incredible little run which scored like seven or nine points really, really quickly. Oh wow, they weren't scoring baskets and they started scoring more baskets. Yes. And it sounds really dynamic. The energy in that place was crazy. Like and it was, you know, I just haven't been I've been to like a Clippers game and you've been to a Clippers game yep. with me. But you know, NBA is different and and sports in Los Angeles are different because everybody, you know, 40% of the, the, the audience is rooting for the other team because they're from somewhere else and they prefer their hometown team more than they do the local team especially the Clippers. And so I haven't been in this, everyone is really into the outcome of this game and everyone is really committed to it. And to see it turn around, it was, and I've got I've got the video on my, of my, on my phone of like when we had gone up by 12 with a minute left. And there was moments when, you know, my dad is pretty impartial. He's got one son that went to Carolina, one son that went to uh, State. He's got a nephew, I mean, he's got a grandson at, at Carolina right now that he, he goes and sees quite a bit. So my dad wore green argyle to <laughs> the uh, to the game, which is did I, he get caught up in it though? Which is, I mean, once we started coming back, he's he's standing up like we're you 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 can't help yourself. He's got to be with you on this one. I mean, we're standing up and just like giving high fives and just it was. I mean, it was electric. And I was like, oh man, I love this. 
I love it. Now, if it had gone the other way, it yeah, would have like it. ruined my day. Yeah. And there, but there's something about giving yourself over to That's this stakes, outcome man. That's that stakes. you have Knowing very that your little day impact could be on. awesome or or ruined. Hey, that stakes. And I'm choosing to, I'm like, I want to have that kind of experience, you know, when I can. I'm not going to like go back and watch a bunch of games, but uh, boy, when we win like that and we beat them, we beat them. Yeah, I know when they're down, they're not great. They've lost like the past four out of five games or something, but I don't care. We beat Carolina. It feels, it felt so good. I loved it. Highly recommend, highly recommend watching your, uh, your college beat their rival. That's your recommendation. It's yeah. my recommendation this week. Uh, no, that's just a general recommendation. Don't. Well, listen. It's my recommendation, <clears throat> and I, I, I got a, I got a good one. If you, if you're not into sports, this is for you. If you are into sports, this is for you. Uh, if you're into instrumental music, this is for you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, this is still for you, even though it is instrumental. Check out. Oh my God. I, I, I think this is going to stay as one of my favorite albums of all time because it so fits a certain mood. Like, it is a sweet spot, this niche that this album occupies that I didn't have an album in this place. You know, a completely instrumental, vibey, listen to it, use it for what you want, but I think that it's gonna, it's gonna fill a little niche. I know it will for me for the rest of my life. Mac DeMarco. Mac, I love you, man. Uh, this is an invitation to come on Good Mythical Morning. I'd love to, ha- I'd love to have you come through. Mm. Uh, I'm very inspired by your album, Five Easy Hot Dogs. Five Easy Hot Dogs. Uh, he, he took a road trip. I believe it was up the uh, Northern California coast. Yeah, he went all the way, well, he went all the way up from Guadalajara. Crescent City, up to Portland. Like, he went all the way up to Vancouver, Edmonton. He went all the way up there. Well, then he went to Chicago. That's not he actually... He took a road trip. He took a road trip. <laughs> Chicago is not uh, in Northern California, and neither is most of the places that I mentioned. But he made this music as he traveled. It's all instrumental. It's very... Um, I played it for you. Isn't it awesome? Hard vouch for this, yes. Hard vouch. Uh, five Easy Hot Dogs. Just give it a listen. It'll get it. It's a vibe. Mac DeMarco, Five Easy Hot Dogs, you're welcome. Thanks for joining us for another Ear Biscuit. Join the conversation on the internet, hashtag Ear Biscuits. Also, you can call us. We have a number. You can leave a voicemail with thoughts, questions, critiques, book suggestions. 1-888-EARPOD1. Love you. Hey, just listening to the Ear Biscuits episode that came out today. Something that gives me a taste-gasm is the Nerds Rope Clusters. I'm so addicted to them. I go through literally a bag in two days. So I've had to stop myself from buying them because they're probably so bad for me. If you guys haven't had them yet, you should definitely try them. Thanks. Love the podcast. Bye.